Hey everyone, this is your host Josh Baker with the Intelligent Conversations podcast where we believe everyone has a form of intelligence that resides within them. Our goal is to encourage these type of conversations for our audience to listen to. Without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today I have the honor to speak with Dr. Esther Onioni. She is a health and wellness coach helping those with diabetes feel empowered to take charge of their health. She has been a clinical pharmacist for over 15 years and has recently started her own wellness company. So Esther, thank you for coming on. I really look forward to hearing what you have to say today, but I want to get right into this. I don't know if anyone has asked you this, but what motivated you to enter the medical field? I think that's a very difficult profession, and I'm interested to get your thoughts on that. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me here. I'm excited to be here today. So what made me go into the medical field? Um, I wasn't born in the United States, for one. Um, I was born in Kenya. And so uh, parents who bring up their kids over there, the only idea of um, success is in five um, careers. It's somewhere in health. So like a doctor, a lawyer, mm-hmm. accountant, engineer, all all the all the yeah i know what you're talking about so you're right there in the box you're not somebody who thinks outside the box i guess i did not disappoint because i ended up in the medical field but really why i ended up in pharmacy was because again just growing up in kenya uh, there is uh, a lot of malaria and so you're sick several times in your lifetime you go to the hospital and what i find is it's a government hospital and then there is uh, not enough staff, people are not treated or they just sent home if they cannot afford the treatment in a place where the treatment should be at no charge or, you know, minimal cost. So I really did not like seeing that. And whenever I went to the pharmacy, I could see the pharmacist, you know, giving medication, you describe your symptoms and here you are, you know, taking care of that immediate um, pain that you're experiencing. And so to me, it was like, this is what I need to do because I did not like that hospital experience. So again, just growing up there, it it was not something that was reachable. You know, being a pharmacist, we thought, okay, you got to have the money to to be in this career. And that was not us at that time. And so it's something I I kind of put in the back burner. It's not going to happen. It's just a wish. But then it happened right after high school that we were able to get a green card and come to the United States. And, you know, they say it's the land of opportunity. So <laughs> there was my opportunity. It, that's exactly what I went for. I was, you know, it was right after high school. I went straight to uh, undergrad and, you know, went on to pharmacy school. And just the rest went on like that. So it's, for me, it was more like an easy thing to do or the thing I just was going to do. I wasn't going to think about it's a hard field to be in. It wasn't part of my conversation. <laughs> wow. I, I didn't, uh, coming into this, I didn't know that you were from Kenya. That's a cool little story you shared there. That was really cool. So correct me if I'm wrong. Is it, you wanted to help others? Uh, uh, is that, is that kind of like a primary motivation of why most people you would say enter the medical field is just the genuine you want to help other people, you know, get better and take charge of their health? Absolutely. See, um, a, a lot of people say they want to help. Sometimes you don't even know how you can help. Or even the little you do, you don't even think that you're helping. I believe that 
yes, just seeing me, just me having that scene of people in the waiting area being told, uh, go home because you can't afford was like, oh my goodness, it's going to be better, it's going to be different. So that's where I came from to just find a way to help those people, of course. So it does come from that area. And you got to, uh, for a lot of people, really, you got to find how you help people. It's not always in health, of course. It's somebody who does accounting in numbers, is helping people in a way. Like everybody has a way they're helping, of course. But yeah, I think that was my one way. That That's so cool. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So I kind of want to get into the, what you specifically do now today. What, what, what is that all about? I mean, I'm not too familiar with medical terminology. <laughs> I, I know nothing. I mean, I'm just a podcast host and a window cleaner, so nothing, <laughs> nothing too spectacular, but what is, uh, what, what kind of is that? Like, what do you do in that area? Like help people with diabetes. I know what diabetes is, but what could you kind of give some more details on that? Sure. Absolutely. So, um, it's, I think even in the recent statistics, it's kind of um, something, something that is becoming more very prevalent uh, at diabetes. But uh, for me, having practiced in the pharmacy field, in the front, you know, facing patients directly, I, <clears throat> I could see how these uh, patients I served were treated. Obviously, they have their doctor visits and they go to the pharmacy get their medicine and it was more of the same thing and to me they came back and say they were getting more medication each time and it got to a point where I felt like oh goodness I need they need to like somebody needs to hit a reset button because what's happening is the same story they get their diagnosis they have these two medications and they have two more medications added on because something else started happening maybe pain maybe can't sleep you know, and in these days, it doesn't just happen to older people. It's even the younger generation mm-hmm. is being affected. It, it's no longer something that affects only a particular uh, age, age group. And so to me, you know, being in that field for a while, I felt that there was something else we could do or I could do. And so uh, it's uh, I started looking and researching and saw that there is such a thing as uh, health coaching. And so I went and studied that and, you know, kind of got certified in that just because I was more curious because uh, it gives the patients more of a closure. Okay, so I have the medicine. Now what? Because sometimes they're just taking more and more and more. Like, what else can I do? And for me, seeing diabetes being considered a lifestyle condition where it, you're really having this diagnosis, maybe because of the lifestyle you've led for a while, uh, it was something that seemed to be, you could actually walk back, you could reverse it. And that's what health coaching does. It helps somebody kind of see the view of how they could walk back to being uh, better. And so in the regular uh, conventional practice where you see your provider and go home with medicine, it does not give you that hope that I could get away from this. It feels as though all you'll do or feel is feel more medication and, you know, you're not going to get out of it when you get that diagnosis. Um, Imagine being a young person and have that diagnosis and it's really hopeless. But being um, in that field of health coaching where you're able to give somebody that hope to tell them that, okay, you could do something different. Okay, yes, medication is always 
still part of the puzzle piece. It works, it's great, it's the technology, it's part of the puzzle. We don't say, don't take it. But we say, okay, on top of the medication, what else can you do? Because it was also part of the questions I received a lot. You know, people saying, okay, now um, what do I eat? Because I'm taking my medicine. My numbers are still high or not in control. I don't get to see my doctor for another few months. You, you, you need the help today, right now. What do you do? But it's because of what else is going on in their life. Well, you know, they, they don't know what they're eating. There's that sense of hopelessness of I've tried something before. Maybe they got the diagnosis and they decided, okay, I'm going to start a workout routine. But then, you know, they overdid it. Okay. Like <laughs> working out twice a day, every day, two hours every day. Uh, in one week, you're really done with that routine. And now what? You know, it's more like you're sitting at home going, okay, I have the diagnosis and what do I do? So in this field, you could provide hope by walking people to how they can slowly do, do this, implementing this lifestyle habits or that will get them to where they can potentially reverse their diabetes. And here I'm referring to type 2 diabetes because yeah, that's <laughs> what is considered a lifestyle condition. It's something that can be reversed with uh, lifestyle uh, habit changes. So I, that's yeah, I'm, me there. I'm glad that you mentioned that. I think a lot of times, you know, we hear about all these other health things, but I think isn't heart disease, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, heart disease the number one cause of death? In the U.S. and diabetes doesn't that contribute to that? I could be wrong, but of course, uh, diabetes um, leads to heart disease. Yes, heart disease is number one, and diabetes leads to heart disease because when you have diabetes, you have a higher risk of getting a heart attack or a stroke, <clears throat> and then obviously that could lead to death. So it is, and um, what we are trained is. Or, or not even just, we are trained that in, in school, but uh, what's available out there in practice is um, guidelines. You know, this is the guidelines for how you treat somebody who's gotten diabetes, who's got a heart attack, who's got this condition. This is the guideline. But it, when you look at how people live their life on a daily basis, this uh, does not really serve them well because they're still struggling, suffering. They still have to go through their daily life. You know, yes. their parents, they have children, they have work. Uh, it's stressful. Nobody's addressing what's going on at work that's causing them to be here where they're struggling with this disease condition. They, they still struggle. So yes, uh, they, there is just guidelines and it doesn't really serve them in terms of helping reduce the heart disease because the guidelines just indicate medicine, nothing more to it. <laughs> yes. Thank, thank you for sharing that. I, I mean, I know I'm, you're probably recognizing this. I'm not an expert at all, but I kind of want to get into the more of the, uh, uh, if this is all right with you, I want to get more into the mindset of things. I, I what I, you mentioned, you know, kind of the step-by-step -step process and when I was, you know, listening to you talk, I was like, a lot of these people, I feel like they feel like they're stuck, right? Like when they get that medication, they're just like, oh man, I'm just stuck. And then, like you said, they're like, you know what? One day they wake up, I'm going to go out and I'm going to work out. I'm going to start this insane workout routine. And then 
after a week, it's nada. So how, how would you help put habits in place, right? Those workout routines, something like that, that helps, you know, so then it sticks long-term and potentially reverse that diagnosis. Absolutely. And that's, that's what I found when I started um, the coaching. That's what I found was the main thing I coached about because I put in place a routine, where a program where we are going to talk about, okay, your nutrition, because it's part of the puzzle. We're going to talk about your physical activity. It's part of the puzzle. We're going to talk about um, sleep, toughness, all of the things that affect you in the environment. But implementing them was difficult. I would have someone and that I would talk to for maybe a month in, and they have never implemented anything, and yet they need the help. So that's difficult. And what I came to find was really, it's not just simple as, it, as they say, okay, you have the diagnosis and now I need the help. It's more of what's really going on internally. Uh, for example, a client I had who was not, who said, okay, I love to cook, but she was at the drive-thru every day. And so we kind of get to the nitty gritty after a month in of, okay, what's really happening? And it's not that, it's true. They love to cook and they could make better choices in their mm. eating. But she had all these people in her house, her adult children with grandchildren, her brother-in-law, her, you know, all these people in the house who are using the kitchen and she loves a clean kitchen. So, <laughs> so you have all those layers that make her never step in her kitchen and she doesn't have a choice. At least she feels that she does not have a choice. And so she just ended in the easy way out in the draft room. And so that's one thing um, with coaching, you kind of peel layers to find exactly what's going on. And uh, from there, you know, you, you kind of ask the question. So what are you going to do about this? Because, okay, you have the diagnosis. You do want to implement your lifestyle habits here that could help you. But what are you going to do? Because, okay, you have the people in the house. She had planned to have them move, but um, wasn't, you know, didn't have strong boundaries to say, okay, you need to go. <laughs> and then at one point, it, Gets, it, get, it has to get too difficult for, you know, for you before you decide that I'm going to make the move. And so I think it happened to where she told her husband, you got to tell them to go. <laughs> and they, they finally moved. And, she, you know, it's interesting because like a week after they moved, she goes, oh, my God, I feel so good. She's getting all these compliments. How she looks more trim. She's like, oh, I've lost some weight. I feel so good. You know, it's so it's not just go and do that routine. Um, what the doctor said, okay, take your medicine and figure out it's uh, it it differently, and you know, work out. It's not just that; it's the other parts that nobody addresses. It's always something far different from what you think is going on. I have people who say, okay, I need to do better, but they're not, and their their reason is maybe I'm approaching retirement and I don't know what to do, so. I just don't care about myself and I don't do anything differently. And then they struggle with being sick. So that's what I've seen in coaching. Yeah. I, 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 I've seen that uh, just everyone's life. And it reminded me as you were 
talking about that, I read a, well, I guess I listened to a book. I didn't read it, but I listened to this book. It was Atomic Habits by, uh, crap, what's his name? James. James, James Clear. Clear. Yes. that's uh-huh. the, Thank you. Uh, so he, uh, he wrote about that and about, uh, the environment. And that's kind of what it was reminding me about. I was like, oh, your environment does matter when it comes to goal setting or when you want to implement a new habit. So I, I'm kind of interested, uh, what, what were the habits you put forward for that individual when uh, you uh, had them clean the kitchen? I mean, obviously you got the husband to uh, get them out of the house, but you mentioned boundaries, I guess, is where I'm getting at. Uh, what do you mean by set boundaries? Like, do you have to define those boundaries for yourself? Like, I, I, I don't know what you mean by that. Sure. Okay. Now, boundaries is tricky. I think we all struggle with boundaries. I have struggled with boundaries before. And um, for me, it was more growing up as a child in um, in an uh, environment where there was a lot of domestic abuse and in the neighborhood, there was domestic abuse. So it was more of Okay, I grew up thinking, okay, I have to do everything I can to avoid confrontation, to avoid uh, being loud. Um, And, you know, it's not something that serves you. You don't have to avoid speaking up. That's kind of how I took it, just to avoid um, all of that happening to me. And so as you grow up, you're an adult, you find that you, you become this person who does not speak up, who does not. Um, who, who's always complaining? Nobody listens to me. Nobody hears me. But you're not speaking up. You you live in fear, so you you're always doing things to avoid a particular reaction or confrontation. So that's like really not having boundaries because all of this is just doing, but you're not in the picture. And so I could see how my client was also struggling with boundaries. They they have their adult children at home with grandchildren and it's difficult to to tell your child get out sometimes at least I would say for some people and for her it was the case so so she had to tolerate that and it did affect her because she's not taking care of herself so what I do is I start with okay let's declutter it's a simple exercise like some people will not understand what it, it what it's gonna mean for them, but it's a simple exercise. Okay, go and declutter something. It could be your wallet. Like get rid of all those old receipts, old <laughs> expired credit cards, or declutter the pantry. It just leaves space for you to have a clearer mind of, you know, what else you can bring into your life that really serves you at that time. And so for her, the declutter was, she, she did start with decluttering her pantry because everything in there was not helping her health um, and ultimately needed for her to declutter her house with the people who are living there. So it's, um, it's one way to create boundaries to where you are actually putting yourself on the map of some, someone who's important and not just doing things for everyone around you and just forgetting about yourself because what I end up observing is a lot of my patients, they also um, they also feel left out. But, you know, they never stood up for themselves. So I share that with them. And that's why I usually get that. St- standing up for yourself, that that I think is huge. I So I 
I mean, this is where I I'm coming from. I I own a couple businesses as well. I'm I know you have your health wellness practice, and I think something you've recognized as well is that you 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 have to stand up for yourself if you. And I mean, as a kid, right? We get we kind of get put through this system uh, where you get ridiculed if you say anything different, I guess, or something kind of contrary or uncomfortable that people don't like to talk about. And when that happens, right, all of a sudden that fear takes over like, oh, shoot, what are they thinking about me? What are they like? Also, like your mind starts going crazy and you start overthinking. But in reality, there most people aren't thinking about you. You're not the center of the universe. And the, the reality is, is that you have to you have to speak up for yourself when you actually want something, right? Like if you want it, right? Like, oh, I want to, you know, lose some weight or something. Say, hey, I want to, I want to do this to, and that, that again, it's another, uh, I feel like uh, thing from James Clear, he talks about uh, implementing habits that influence your lifestyle in a way that's mm-hmm. uh, sorry, my mind just went blank there. But man, see, everyone that's like one percent better. Yes, that that was that was kind of where I was going. So, I everyone in the audience listening right now just goes to show that hey, you don't know what's sometimes your mind just goes blank and you gotta <laughs> just keep rolling with it. But yeah, the the one percent rule is actually kind of what I was going at, and uh. It, you have to make those small incremental changes and that can have a lasting impact. So uh, you, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. So what is good strategy going forward, be identify your environment and what's influencing you to do certain behaviors and then make small incremental changes to those environment, to those, uh, you know, flaws in your environment. And then, you know, evaluate yourself a month, two months later and, see what happens is that would that be a good approach for someone doing that actually it's important to even identify the environment it's it's a good start it's a place to start sometimes it's even hard to be to define that environment that's not serving you because it could be a comfort zone uh believe it or not sometimes uh for instance if someone is not uh is not making good uh, nutritional choices, it's because maybe there is something that's happened in their past, maybe someone in the family who says, okay, now you think you're eating healthy and they feel some kind of way, just like you said, just had to feel different. And so for them, some, some kind of passive aggression. So they tend to not go there and they just decide to stay in the one place that's not healthy for them. So yes, it's had to be different um, and they end up just choosing not to, not to do anything different because in the comfort zone, you know, they don't have to do much. Nobody has to say anything. They kind of hide there and um, comfort zone. that's kind of a, a, a lot of people <laughs> like to hide in the comfort zone and, and, and whenever, and you kind of find that it's hard for them to believe that if something can be different for them, right? Like if you wanted to change the lifestyle, um, for instance, my clients, I'll start with, okay, let's say you want to lose weight. How many pounds? They'll say 10 pounds, but I don't believe that's possible. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it takes away, because they've been in the comfort zone uh, and whatever they've tried in the past, 
they did not, um, it, there was that lack of belief because something even deeper was there. Maybe, like I said, somebody in the family said something and for them, it just doesn't look possible because if they lose these 10 pounds, that person is going to come back and say something and now they're back to that place. So we work towards um, figuring out who is in this environment and that they need to be uh, aware of that way. They can change because if they don't know, they're always going to go back to that habit. Um, and believe it or not, uh, there is um, an exercise that I do with them that is called the wheel of life, where they look at what else in their life they need nourished. Okay, so maybe they came to me because they've gotten this diagnosis and they're, diagnosis and they're scared and we worked on the lifestyle piece, but then they still keep going backward as in, okay, but I didn't do the thing I said I would do a week before. So what else needs to be nourished in them? And what we'd find is maybe it's something to do with um, their finances, to do with their career. It's whatever is on this wheel that's actually affecting the individuals. And uh, for instance, one of the clients I worked with who was an accountant nearing retirement. Mm -hmm. And she, she says, okay, my worry is my career. And okay, why? Because when she retires, she doesn't know what she will do. And we came up with some suggestions. Okay. I mean, first of all, as an accountant, you're a unicorn. Like nobody loves necessarily mm. to play with numbers. That's but true. That <laughs> you love to do. So there is no shortage of what you could possibly do in retirement if you wanted to, you know, do something. Um, and so, you know, she thought about, yeah, I could do a consulting business of my own. I mean, I'm retired. I'm not in a hurry to like compete and all of that. I could just help the small businesses in my area. And she came up with all these ideas and it's really made a huge change in her outlook. You know, she saw that taking care of her health was possible because coming back, you know, following through the program, she was up and doing a vision board and um, actually putting in the workout in the morning before work. And I was thinking, who is this person? They just needed something unstuck to, you know, to, to in order for them to see the path that they could lead. And that kind of led them towards seeing how they could put themselves a, themselves a priority and, and, you know, choose the habit of being healthy. So yeah, I, I a hundred percent agree there. I, I, maybe I'm using the wrong word here, but you need to establish belief in yourself that you can actually do it. Mm -hmm. And you need to establish confidence. Like, Hey, I can actually do this. Uh, a story from my life. I honestly, when I first graduated high school, I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able, like, I didn't know what I was going to do. And uh, I was talking with this, uh, this guy, my mentor or whatever. And he, he talked about, and you know, I got to thank him for that. And he said, he, 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 he wrote a book called believe it. And it's funny because that's all he, he definitely lives that on an everyday lifestyle because he established that belief, like, Hey, you can do this, man. So I, I think if you can surround yourself with people that say, Hey, like you can do this, man. Like, I, I believe you can do it. Like, and it's genuine, not, you know, the typical fake, like, Hey, 
I believe in you, man. Like, no, like genuine, like, Hey, you got this man. Just keep going at it. Then I think that is something that really helps motivate you. Like, Hey, I I can do this. Like I can lose some weight. I can do all this. So I want to drop the intelligent question of the day. And that is how do you instill confidence in everyday people that are struggling to achieve their goals? Mm, okay, so <laughs> they gotta start small. It's actually just about everybody I meet because, like you just spoke in the uh, believe uh, part, they they are not confident because they, they don't believe it, and the only way to believe it and be confident is to try first. Um, I, I like to throw something out there and say, it's, uh, you know, I mean, you are okay where you are. It's, probably where I would love for them to start. Um, that's a hard thing to, to do, I would say, <laughs> but it, it's, um, I'll give you an example. Um, when I started my business, I had a coach who told me, you need to go and speak. And, <laughs> and that all I could think of myself was, I've never stood in front of people except when I was met to stand in front of people and present in college, there is no way I'm speaking, you know? And this is something um, that took a good six months for me to embody, to be to say, okay, I can be that person who actually can speak in front of people because what I have to say does matter. And so when I work with individuals, that's the, the, the thing I tell them, you're okay where you are, you're not missing out, you don't have to uh, go and find like running shoes today and join a gym like just start from where you are today because what you'll do today will add on to you know and every day will add on and compound and you will see progress so that they don't have to feel like they have to do major things to start off you know because that's another thing that holds them back they just have to be where they are okay where they are if you have walking shoes and walk into the mailbox that is the place you're starting. You don't have to put it on off and on hold until you go and purchase that pair of shoes that's for running and 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 join the gym. You know, <laughs> you know, a gym. Uh, just that where you are. You are okay where you are. You're not left behind. Just be here, and that's where I would say for people to start because they will start to see progress much quicker and they will feel less defeated. Everyone that's listening right now, that is the intelligent answer of the day right there. That was, that was phenomenal. I, I, again, I want to, you know, uh, kind of build off of that, that you, your, that was a phenomenal answer, but I, I, I like that you mentioned that it, it takes just, you got to start today and it's got to be those small changes that, that right there is, I think the key thing, if you, if you don't like, I mean, and again, to your point, you don't need running shoes. You don't need a gym membership. You don't need all these things. There's, I mean, I, I personally believe we have the internet. So, I mean, if you really want to, you know, start something like, oh, how to lose a pound, right? Okay. Let's, let's look up on the internet. Let's see what a workout routine could, you know, help me do that in a month, two months, three, right? And Oh, maybe it's go take a walk in the neighborhood. Everyone has, uh, you know, some shoes that they can just walk, take a walk around the neighborhood. Okay, that that's not too hard. Okay, maybe 
maybe I have a little bit of extra money this month. Uh, let's let's buy some shoes now. Let's let's go for a little jog, right? Uh, and then all of a sudden, it just starts building on itself, Absolutely. and that right there is where you get your success. And all of a sudden, you're looking back, and I think that's the key moment because I think we all are too hard on ourselves sometimes. I mean, I'm guilty of this as well. Well, you need to take that step back and look and say, hey, I, get, I, I did that. Like I used to be here and now I'm here. And if you can take that step back and look and say, I'm here now, that just boosts your confidence so much. And then you're like, okay, I can, if I did that to this, then I could definitely do this to that. And then bam, it just starts building on itself. And from there, you sky's the limit. You can, you can do anything. So yeah. that, that's kind of my thoughts there. And uh, I, I hate to wrap this up. You've been sharing great things today, but I know you've mentioned throughout this, uh, you have a, a business, you have, uh, uh, I don't know if you have like a book, podcast, anything like that. What, what would be the best way for people to find that? Or, you know, if they want to reach out and, you know, get help from you, what would be the best way they can do that? I think you're 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 speaking it into being. I don't have a podcast yet, so hey, <laughs> it might come in the future. I do. Um, I am on social media, so on Facebook with my name Estonioni, and on LinkedIn. I'm also uh, also have a uh, on my website uh, thewellnesspathfinders.com, and that's the the three places you'll find me. Okay, sweet. So for everyone that wants to, you know, do business with her, uh, I would definitely do that. And, you know, take control of your life today. So uh, she dropped it there if you want to reach out to her. So uh, Esther, thank you for coming on. I really enjoyed hearing what you have to say today and just listening to the great thoughts that you had. All right. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Thank you. All right, everyone. This, uh, as you can tell, that was Dr. Esther Onioni. And as you can tell, she is a very intelligent person, has very great things to say. I would challenge you guys to go reach out to her if you want to take control of your life today. So tune into next week. We have a great guest lined up. See you guys next week and let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We could not have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and fill out the form there. Thank you guys again, and let's get after it.